Hi, and welcome back to Bluish. It's been quite a while since I've recorded an episode. Um, I actually have like a half-recorded episode that just never really came to fruition. I wasn't really feeling it. Um, I haven't updated my blog in either, even longer than I've been, you know, away from this podcast. Um, so I guess we can consider this like a season two of everything. This is definitely like a revamp. Um, you know, just taking time to myself over, um, my winter break and then, um, having even more time during another break of mine, um, this month has just, it's been really helpful. Um, I, you know, I put in, I didn't put in, but on my story, I put on my story a little questions box and I basically just asked people to submit topics that they wanted me to either talk or write about obviously it's my choice whether I talk or write about it but there are some things that I definitely feel like I could go on a rant about and some things that I'd rather kind of tackle from a more calm analytical perspective I think if that's the correct word um and so today's topic is going to be um call out culture and you know that that name already kind of gives it a negative connotation um and that that name is not a name that I made for it um and I think that my opinion on said call-out culture is rather unpopular um but I'm really excited to talk about it because it's not something that I make very public um So yeah, I hope that you stick around for the full episode, um, and I hope that you enjoy my, what I'm assuming is a rather unpopular opinion on call-out culture. So, um, the first thing that I did, um, when prepping for this episode was I googled call-out culture definition, because obviously if we're going to talk about something, we need to make sure that we all understand what it means. So I googled it. This is just the definition that came up on Wikipedia. It says, call-out culture is a form of public shaming that aims to hold individuals and groups accountable for their actions by calling attention to behavior that is perceived to be problematic, usually on social media. So, um, I already take issue with this definition. Um, and to... To put it simply, I don't think that call-out culture is really a thing in the same way that I don't think cancel culture is a thing. And um, for those of you who don't know what cancel culture is, it's basically kind of the same thing as call-out culture, but a bit more severe um, because the intention is to um kind of hurt the person's career and it pretty much never works which is why cancel culture is not a thing um because it's pretty much completely ineffective um you know even if we think about the me too movement not that the me too movement serves to cancel people Um, It serves to empower survivors of sexual assault and sexual harassment, of course, but there is a sort of quote-unquote canceling effect 
on um, the sexual assailants, but almost every single sexual assailant ends up not no longer being a topic of discussion and they're able to continue on with their lives and make money it's very rare it takes a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot of canceling time and time and time and time and time again to get people you know to to actually lose something um and so I'm not going to necessarily equate call-out culture and cancel culture, but they are they are very similar. Um, and I don't think that either of them matter, to be quite honest. Um, and call-out culture slash cancel culture is especially prominent in the case of racism. When people are called out on their racism, when... Let me rephrase. When white people are called out on their racism, especially on social media, for example, on Stan Twitter, which if you don't know, is just like an intense fandom, kind of a clustering of really intense fans, um, you know, of different singers, dancers, actors, actresses, shows, books, movies, franchises. Um, And basically what happens is a white person fucks up and a bunch of people are like, hey, you made a really, really, really big mistake. You suck. That was super racist of you. We are not going to like you anymore until you publicly apologize and have shown that you have changed your ways as a person. Um, and the only time that I ever see the words cancel culture or call out culture in response to something like this, in response to people saying, hey, what you did was really fucked and we're not going to support you until you properly atone for whatever it is that you did. Um, The only time I ever see the words call-out culture or cancel culture being used in response to something like that is when the person in question is white. That's why I'm specifically referring to racism, because it's where quote-unquote call-out culture or quote-unquote cancel culture is the most prominent. Um, what I will say, what I will say about the main negative of, um, and really the only negative of cancel slash call-out culture because it literally just is essentially ineffective, um, is that sometimes, pretty much all the time, white people will speak on behalf of people of color and jump to conclusions about whatever the event was and it might not have been racist nine times, 9.9 times out of 10, it is racist, it is genuine racism, um, but every once in a while, and I, a long, long, that's a long, long, long while, um, something will happen where it'll be white people speaking on behalf of people of color, and they'll get it wrong, but again, that is very rare, and situations like that are often solved almost instantly, like, pretty much always within the same day, um, and it's it's just hard for me to care when it is essentially ineffective and um in a minute i'm going to talk about a more individual form of call out culture because right now, i guess cancel culture is more of the social media mass kind of call out and call out culture itself is a more one-on-one thing and i have even less of a problem with call out culture when it's a one-on-one thing because it is even less effective 
and it, it, it is even less quote-unquote I'm using a lot of quote-unquote because I don't believe that any of things are any of these things are true um, it is less quote-unquote harmful than a swarm of people saying hey you fucked up figure it out um, it's it's just I just struggle a lot with this because people are so quick to say oh hey cancel culture is so toxic um, another thing that I would like to point out is that I don't think that people really understand what the word toxic means, um, at least not when referring to racism and to the responses to racism. A bunch of black people, for example, freaking out over somebody saying the n-word. Um, like for example, when it surfaced that Camila Cabello, um, did some things. You can google it, I'm not gonna get into it, but Camila Cabello has done some things that in my opinion, and in the opinion of many, many, many black people, are unforgivable, not just because she used the word, but because she used it when referring to someone who was supposed to be her friend. Um, but anyway, like, it's, it's not toxic for a bunch of black people to get upset about someone using a slur against them that is deeply rooted in slavery and oppression and a culture of anti-blackness that probably will never go away in my lifetime or in your lifetime. Um, I don't know how that's toxic. It's not toxic. And to be able to say, hey, just take a step back, just relax, you know, it's going to be okay. We just need to calmly explain to them and educate them. To be able to be in that position most likely means that you are not someone who is affected by the situation or not someone who's affected negatively by the situation, rather, and that you are coming from a place of privilege and power and a place where you can somewhat ignore the issue and be somewhat apathetic or at least care less than other groups of people do. Um, and that's probably one of the most frustrating things to me is that people who say it's not that big of a deal or who acknowledge that it's a big deal but only kind of half-ass acknowledge it because they don't actually care about fixing it and fixing it as quickly as possible, um, it's just, you know, I'm kind of at a loss for words. I was like halfway through my sentence and I'm just very angry. I'm very, very angry. Um, and that's just about collective call-out culture or quote-unquote cancel culture. I haven't even gotten to the whole idea of individual call-out culture, but that's coming in a minute. So stay tuned if you want to hear me get even more pissed off. So, I've talked a lot about call-out culture and cancel culture, um, and the suggested alternative is call-in culture. Now, according to a Bustle article, a call-in is when you talk with someone privately about their behavior or you wait to talk in person and is considered a less reactionary route to work through conflict. Okay, a, f a few things, just a f more than a few. First of all, when people, in at least in my personal life, have, you know, promoted call-in culture, and by the way, these people are for the most part white women, although, you know, you'll, I'm sure you'll find people on the internet who, or in real life, who are women of color, or who are just people of color in general who don't really fuck with call-out culture, even though I don't really think it exists, um nor is it effective, um, who don't really fuck with calling people out, 
Uh, they don't speak for the entire community that they belong to or communities that they belong to. Um, please just remember that. Um, but as I was saying, um, a lot of people that I know, and by that I mean a lot of white women that I know who prefer being called in rather than called out, um, they use... I don't think that they use call-in culture effectively. I don't think they really understand it. Um, the way that I've seen it is is more of the of, is more about your delivery rather than delivering whatever it is publicly versus privately. Um, a lot of the time when people advocate for call-in culture and again this is just in my experience um a lot of the time I it's more of like explain it nicely and educate people rather than getting angry about something that you have every right to be angry about just a reminder it is never the job of the oppressed to educate their oppressor on how to stop oppressing them google is free we got libraries, fuck it. We got Bing. There are so many different ways in which you could literally, you know, fuck, you know, go read a book. There are just so many different ways in which you could gather this information for yourself. And it's just, it's not anyone else's job to help you fix the systems that you benefit from and from which they suffer and that is essentially what this twisted and frankly incorrect definition of call-out culture is suggesting rather than getting mad take a breath and educate people fuck educating people on how to treat me like a human being i'm sorry but that is only going to feed into this white supremacist sexist homophobic transphobic system that we live in that's not how that shit works because again you are just curbing to your oppressor and hey if you are totally fine with volunteering the information on how to become better and how to unlearn the bigotry that we've been taught since birth then fine but that isn't your job that isn't anyone's job it is not an oppressed person's job to to fix everything to fix something that they didn't even break in the first place or you know whose breakage they don't benefit from um and when i say the oppressed this doesn't mean that if you are oppressed in one way then you are the oppressed for every situation because i find that a lot of the time people in certain communities who only have that one marginalized identity will act like that gives them a pass to be a dick it doesn't give you that pass so for example i am a woman i experience sexism but i am also cisgender so i benefit from transphobic systems and from the transphobic society that we live in i don't get to opt out of being actively anti-transphobic um just because I'm dealing with sexism. So that's what I mean. When I say the oppressed, I mean, you know, stay in your lane. Like, this, this, you're not, 
off the hook because you are marginalized in one way but not another. Anyway, back to what I was saying. I find it interesting that in this Bustle article, um, which, by the way, if you want to um, read it, is called What Does Colin Mean? When Callout Culture Feels Toxic, This Method Can Be Used Instead. Um, so what I find interesting about this article is that it says Colin, a Colin is considered a less reactionary route to work through conflict. When I think of conflict, racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, ableism, those aren't the first things I think of. When I think of conflict, I think of, hey, my friend did some fucked up shit, and instead of calling them out publicly and making a huge deal out of it, I'm going to talk to them personally. Not, hey, some white dude thought it would be cool to call every black person a nigger and say that they need to go back to Africa or go back to a plantation, and I'm just going to pull him aside and talk to him about it. That's very, very different. One is a conflict. The other is a blatant expression of oppression and just overall bigotry. The two are not the same in any way other than that they both suck. One obviously sucks significantly more and is significantly more culturally relevant and culturally impactful. Um, So that's why call-in culture does not apply to the situations in which it is being suggested as an alternative to call out culture or to cancel culture. And that's that's my issue, is that people act like quote-unquote call-out culture or quote-unquote cancel culture is in response to shit that doesn't really matter. And a lot of the time, the people that are advocating for call-in culture and are doing so incorrectly... Um, aren't people who are experiencing these types of oppression. And it's really frustrating because on the one hand, you want to promote allyship, but on the other hand, allyship a lot of the time turns into co-opting. And that's really difficult to deal with. It's really hard when you want to welcome people into this movement and you're welcoming people to join you in this fight for liberation, which they should be doing already to begin with, Um, but you're inviting them into this fight with you and you want them to stand by you and instead they say you know what fuck you this is how we're gonna do it even though I don't really know or understand the gravity of what I'm dealing with here that's my frustration with people who have an issue with call-out culture and to reiterate there are people who are black who are women who are you know oppressed in all these different ways who are disabled who are in the LGBTQ plus community I am many of these things I um, I'm a black woman, I'm a black bisexual woman, I'm Jewish, um, I'm mentally ill. There are a lot of ways in which I'm kind of fucked societally. And there are so many people like me who would agree with, or there actually aren't that many. Let me, uh, there's like a small chunk of us, um, who would say, hey, I kind of agree with the twisted, weird, not really correct definition of call-in culture, and I think that it is a better alternative to calling out a celebrity, for example. And that's cool. But again, what one person says is not what their, their entire community or communities are saying. And we need to realize that. We need to recognize that. Because that's the real toxicity of it all, is assuming that the 
experience of one person is the experience of everybody like that. The toxicity comes from assuming that it's okay to butt in and to speak over people who are explaining to you why calling someone out is sometimes, if not almost always, the necessary thing to do. That's toxic. And another thing, if you're a celebrity, if you're someone who voluntarily puts themselves in the public eye and you make a huge mistake, especially if it's, I don't know, just taking Camila Cabello's example, referring to your friend as the N-word, then you're gonna get shit for it. Celebrities get shit for what they wear, and that's disgusting, and that is a whole other topic. It doesn't matter what you wear or what you look like. That's different. But when you engage in bigotry and you have a platform and you are very out there in the public, expect backlash. You aren't just hurting the people who are immediately around you this time. This time you're hurting thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people by engaging in whatever type of bigotry it is that you're engaging in. And so it is important to take responsibility for that. And, you know, you don't just get to pull a celebrity aside whenever you want and be like, hey, I'm just going to give you a little slap on the wrist for this. Here is exactly why it is wrong. And here's a step-by-step plan of action that you can take to atone for whatever it is that you did. We don't have that luxury of just calmly talking to every single famous person who's ever done anything wrong and explaining everything to them. And even if we did, again, it's not our job to do that. Um, I think that's pretty much all I have to say about this. And I was going to do a whole separate outro, but I kind of like I kind of like where this is ending. I hope that this has been educational. Um, I'm assuming that this was suggested to me because um, people were assuming that I would be like, hey, fuck call-out culture. But that's not where I'm coming from at all. In fact, I say embrace it. You know, if someone does something really, really, really fucked up, and I'm talking racism, sexual assault type of fucked up, and you, as an oppressed person, are affected by that, Nobody else has the right to tell you how to react to that furthering of oppression. Nobody else does. Not even people within your oppressed or marginalized community. And for the most part, they're going to agree with you. So this policing of oppressed people, specifically when it comes to racism, specifically when it comes to people of color, and specifically when it comes to black people, that policing is far more toxic than our outrage in response to acts of bigotry. And that's all I have to say. I hope you enjoy this episode of Bluish, and I hope that you've learned something. I hope that you really take something from this. Thank you, and I'll see you again soon.